Macworld Podcast, number 14, special edition, November 14th, 2005. Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Macworld Podcast. Once again, I'm your host, Saruz Faravar. If you've been following our podcasting schedule, you know that we come out once every two weeks, and we're not following that schedule. We're actually coming out a little early. We're going to be having two, that's right, two podcasts for you this week. We're going to be having our regularly scheduled podcast on Wednesday, but we're going to have an extra special one for you today. I went down along with co-editors Chris Breen and Dan Frakes of Macworld. We all went down to the Portable Media Expo and Podcasting Conference down in Ontario, California, just east of Los Angeles this past weekend. On Friday and Saturday, there was a whole host of events. There were keynote addresses, there were seminars, there was all kinds of opportunities for podcasters, old and young, veterans and novices to mingle and find out about some of the new services and, you know, just hardware and software and iPod holders and all kinds of things uh, for people to get together and and talk about. Um, I had a chance to spend the weekend at the conference, and I met a few of the podcasters, and I just wanted to uh, share some of my interviews with some of them. We're going to also be featuring a longer interview, uh, about eight minutes long, uh, later on in the show with Donna Drew, the husband and wife co-host team of The Donna Drew Show. I had the uh, fortunate opportunity to interview them when I did an article about podcasting for the New York Times about a year ago, but I've never actually got to meet them in person until this past weekend, and they're wonderful people, and I hope you'll enjoy that interview. But before we get to that, I wanted to play a little excerpt of an interview with, uh, you know, just to give you some sense of some of the people that were there. I met a fellow by the name of Jason Miller. Um, He and some of his buddies work on a podcast called TheFinerPoints.net. It's a podcast about aviation. Jason is a professional pilot. Um, He teaches uh, how to fly on small craft, and he and his friends were down there at the podcast expo just to learn about, you know, how to improve their own podcast, which has only been around for about a month. So here's a little clip from that interview. My name is Jason, and I'm the host of TheFinerPoints.net. Tell me a little bit about what brought you guys down here. Well, we do an aviation podcast, so I'm a certified flight instructor, and I t- kind of teach flying on the podcast. I give out weekly lectures on how to fly. What kind of planes? I'm mostly single-engine airplanes, like two to four seats, some multi-engine airplanes, but mostly primary training. The lectures kind of are all over the board, though. It's for primary students or other instructors or people that have been flying for a long time. And what got us down here today actually was flying. We, we flew down from San Francisco today just to come to the convention, and we're going to fly back later. So, What, what do you hope to get out of being here? I'm um, learning, really, about the, the, the skill or the craft of podcasting. We didn't, you know, we've only been in it for about a, a month. Is that right? One month. So like looking at the way you're recording this interview is one thing I wanted to know, how people record remotely, um, how we can hook up with advertisers. Just We're learning a ton here. It's great. Now, as I mentioned, some of the things that happened during the day were seminars at these big conferences. There are often concurring seminars that are happening simultaneously, and the people who are coming to the expo and the conference can check out which different seminars they want to go to. I got a chance to speak with a gentleman by the name of Richard Tafoya, who is the general manager of a website called LiveDaily.com. He, w- he and I attended a session hosted by Doug Kay of IT Conversations, about post-production and audio production as far as podcasts go. Well, there's a lot of technology that we just discussed in Doug, Doug K's session here um, that um, 
uh, in, in both in terms, mostly in terms of post-production, uh, that uh, is pretty new to me. That that I'll definitely be taking advantage of. Um, like what? Uh, RMS normalization, uh, the general sound control things to to try to eliminate um, the the. Um, annoying volume jumps in the middle of, uh, of podcasts as well as some of the uh, things like sibilance and, and other things that you can control just by virtue of what file format you save things to and, and what process you take to actually master out your, your final podcast. Also, while wandering the show floor, I had the opportunity to meet up with a gentleman by the name of Steve Sargent, who lives just down the peninsula from us in San Jose. He is the host and producer of the Wildebeet podcast, which is a podcast, well, I'll let him explain it. I do the Wildebeet, the audio journal about getting into the wilderness. And you're based out of San Jose. We're just up the peninsula from you in San Francisco. Yep, San Jose. There's a lot of good wilderness around San Jose. There's the uh, Henry Coe State Park. has got the second largest area of wilderness in all of California, uh, California State Park system. And uh, there's Ventana down south by, by Monterey. So what brought you here to the Podcast Expo? Well, I've, I love doing my show so much that I'm going to try to figure out how to turn it into something that I can make part of my living off of as opposed to uh, the consulting work that I do otherwise. And there's a lot of people in it that are doing it just because they love it and they don't really care or whatever happens. Um, but then there's some of us who we've put so much time into it that we hope it pays off somehow. And, um, and the people that are in it on the business side are giving us ideas on how to do that. That was Steve Sargent of the Wildebeet podcast. Now, as he mentioned, one of the common themes that really came forward in this conference was that people were exploring the idea of what you know in the industry buzzword is monetization, meaning how to make money from podcasting. And right now, there's you know the estimates of the number of podcasts are in the tens of thousands at this point, and there's probably only a really small handful of them that are you know making money. Probably not even enough to make uh, to make a profit. There are probably only a small handful that are actually you know they have some sort of sponsorship or a company behind them. And they're able to pay their talent and, and so on. And that was one of the themes that came forward with Michael Gohagen. Michael Gohagen is a veteran of podcasting. He has been podcasting since the beginning about a year ago. He's host of a podcast called Real Reviews, Films Worth Watching, which is a podcast about movies. He's also the host of a podcast about Disneyland, which he was sponsored completely by the Disney company. He is also the executive producer for a podcast called Grape Radio, which is about wine. And he's also the author of a book called Podcast Solutions. So he's kind of all over the place. And in fact, Michael Gohagen is probably one of the, you know, he's reached, I'd say, you know, among the, he has a lot of experience in podcasting in its relatively short life. And he's somebody who's really been able to take advantage of the medium and get a lot going. And, you know, despite his success, he actually was able to leave his day job in the insurance industry and go full-time into podcasting, uh, one of the very few people to do that. But he is somebody who, you know, despite his success, is able to really understand why so many people love podcasting and why there can be, you know, tens of thousands of podcasts and only still a very few podcasters are able to make money. And so we talked a little bit about the passion that can evolve from podcasting. And I really think it's a marriage when you can find a hobby or something you're, like for me, film or the great radio guys, wine. And if you can kind of marry that 
you know, desire for knowledge, that passion for the, the topic that you're talking about, I think that that can essentially, you know, make its way through the bits and bytes to, to the end user and the listener, and they can experience the fact these guys are enthusiastic, they like what they're doing, and anytime you can do something like that and really enjoy it, all kinds of opportunities follow. I mean, it seems to me like that's that's really the big the big lesson, and to me, it seems like an almost pretty obvious one, which is the content matters, and if you like doing it anyway, and you're not making money, so what? Well, I, I think you know, anytime you find something that's hot, a lot of people want to do it, and so people say, well, what kind of podcast is out there, and where can I fit it in? And if there are already a hundred podcasts in the one area you want to get into, that shouldn't stop you, because ultimately, if you can produce good content and have passion, you'll get your opportunity. Now, obviously, things were very different when we started. There were thirty. 40 podcasts. It was really easy to get attention. I was the first movie podcast. So if you wanted to listen about movies, you kind of had to come to my front door and at least, you know, if you enjoyed the show, great, you stuck around. But it was a lot easier to attract a bigger uh, a bigger audience proportionally, so to speak. Now there's, what, 10,000, 20,000 of these things? So, you know, now you got to market your podcast a little more. And I think the, the expectations that people getting involved are a little different. I mean, a big audience to us back in November, December, is very different from what a big audience is today. Which is, in terms of numbers, what does that mean, roughly? Well, I mean, if you had, you know, in November or December of last year, if you had 2,000, 3,000 people listening, I mean, that was huge. Now, I mean, it, you know, podcasts routinely can have somewhere in the high hundreds to low thousands. And you're really looking now for the 10,000, the 20,000, and the 100 plus thousand, you know, from a, a pure marketing perspective. But ultimately, it's such a personal medium. You want to connect with the people that matter. I mean, a long time ago, I stopped paying attention to how many listeners real reviews had. It just didn't matter. If you liked film, you liked what I had to say about it, you were a listener. And whether that, you know, grew by 2% or not didn't matter to me because I was just going to go down to my basement and talk about the films I love. I've had sponsors on, on real reviews, but it's not something that we do universally. So that component didn't really, didn't really fit in. And the other thing is you have to be careful when you get into monetization because you're not beholden, but you, all, you do now have some responsibility to the people that are helping to support the show. And that might mean that they want a show every Sunday or a show every Wednesday. A perfect example is when I was doing my Halloween uh, review of the film Halloween by John Carpenter, I had to get it up to the AOL servers that carries our bandwidth. And I didn't feel like doing it. I just, you know, I didn't want to do it. So I called him and said, you know what, I'm giving it to you in another day or two. And in that case, it's okay because AOL takes it when we give it to him. I got up on Sunday morning, watched the film again. I was excited about it. That's the time to go and do the podcast. Now, you've come quite a ways in terms of the technical side of, of podcasting as well. I mean, you had the famous sort of one of the early podcast, meta-podcast, podcast right. about sure. the podcast, and your sort of setup has been passed around among the podcastosphere, mm -hmm. and you've got this book out. How does, how has, you know, for someone who came from, you didn't have, I assume you didn't have an audio or radio background before. D didn't even own a microphone. So for someone who came from zero and is now sort of where you are, how has that happened, and what would you suggest to somebody who's... I mean, should people run out and buy, you know, a huge Morant setup and all that kind of stuff? The answer to that is, should you run out and buy it? No. I really think it's a lot like golf. Go play golf for a couple months. If three months into it, you're still addicted to golf, and you're staring at that, you know, big Bertha driver, that you know, in the, in the window that you want, that's the time to really start to make the investment. That's as an individual podcaster. Now, if you're a company getting into this, now you got some brand recognition you got to deal with. I mean, it's got to sound good. I mean, if you're a huge national company, you can't come out with something that doesn't sound right. But for an individual podcaster, the secret is to get started. So you get that microphone, you get your feet wet, and you enjoy. I've always been an audiophile, so I got this theater in my house. I'm obsessed with audio. So when I bought that first microphone, and I started doing it, I realized this can sound much better. Doug Kay's stuff sounds better. How is he doing that? And so for me, it was like a hobby. You know, what kind of equipment can I get? What can I learn? What can I find out about audio editing to make sure that the show can be as good as it can be? 
and that, you know, within the, the constraints of the bit rate and the compression, one of my goals is always to have one of the better, you know, better sounding podcasts out there. And so now I've got full equipment racks and, you know, but it, I, producing the Disneyland stuff, you know, a lot of that investment pays off in other ways because I have the equipment necessary to post-produce, you know, audio uh, gathered by other people and all those kinds of things. Great. Well, thanks a lot, Michael. Hey, thanks for stopping by and asking me. And that was Michael Gohagen, host of Real Reviews, Films Worth Watching, which is available at realreviewsradio.com. We'll have, of course, all of these podcasts linked up in our show notes. We're going to cut to an interview that I did right now with Don Maselli and Drew Domkiss, the husband and wife team that broadcast from their old farmhouse in Wayne, Wisconsin, just outside Milwaukee. They run, of course, the aptly named Don and Drew Show, The Don and Drew Show has been one of my favorite podcasts since I started listening to podcasts about a year ago. For those of you who haven't listened to it, it's a pretty much, it's really hard to describe. In some ways, it might be considered the Seinfeld of podcasts in the sense that it's not really about anything. They sort of sit down in their living room with a mic and their power book and just talk. And it's sort of whatever happens. And, you know, often it's funny stuff and strange stuff and, you know, interesting stuff. And for fair warning, it does get a bit explicit at times. Uh, so if you do want to check that out, just be aware of that. Um, but they are a wonderful and very uh, loving couple. And um, I got a chance to sit down with them on the floor of the expo. We got a little space and some time to talk. And so here's my interview with Don and Drew of the Don and Drew Show. All right. All right. Thanks so much, Don and Drew, for being on the Macworld Podcast. Thank you. Thank so, you. No, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys have been doing this now for like a year, practically a little more. A little more. September um, 23rd was our year mark. Podcast anniversary. Yeah. We're elders in the community. <laughs> <laughs> you seem like it. You've got one of the most popular podcasts out there. You've, you've you know, Drew, you've been able to, to leave your job and do this full time. Yes. How, how do you feel? How, what's that like? It's totally surreal. Um, I don't know what to do with my day yet because I don't have a commute anymore, and so it's it's awesome though. I mean, I can't complain about it uh, at all. So, so before you started, we were just talking about this before we started recording. All the iPods that you've gotten from listeners. Yes. What is what's out of all the iPods you have? Which one's your favorite? Each of you guys. The one that Steve Jobs gave me. Steve oh. Jobs gave you an iPod? No, he didn't. Oh. But I'm shaming him into it. <laughs> <laughs> this is a Mac world podcast. I'm sure he listens to it. Well, we didn't get... The, my latest one is the one that plays a video in black. That was not directly from listeners. It was uh, from my coworkers. It was like half of it was a goodbye present. Mm-hmm. That, I, and I bought you the other half. Right, but that one is absolutely my favorite. I, it's in my pocket. Right Why now. do you like it? The video is so awesome. What do you? What videos do you watch on it? I, I watch a few different video podcasts. I just watched an episode of Lost. I can rip uh, any DVD I want and put it right on it. Works great. Beautifully. Cool. Love it. I want one. I might just pinch Drew's though. <laughs> you, you're happy, you have the shuffle, right? Yeah. And she's got a 60 gig photo. And the 60 gig photo. I know, I'm like Veruca Salt of iPods. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm like, I want a video iPod daddy. <laughs> Well, you should see, I don't know if you guys saw in the hall, they have, like, all the iPods set up, all the different ones, from the very original oh, yeah. one to the new one, so you can, like, see oh. the evolution of iPod. They should make a shirt, you know, like... That would be cool. I mean, I've got the first generation one, and that one is still an awesome machine. Still kicking? Yeah. Yeah, your first generation sits there like the unwanted stepchild. But it's like my uh, podcasting trophy, because that was, like, the first one I got from a listener, and it's 
it's still really cool. How has the relationship since you guys started with your listeners changed since now? You know, you guys are on the news like every other week practically. You're gonna, <laughs> in all kinds of magazines. I interviewed you for the Times a year ago. Mm-hmm. Um, how has that changed? Do, do you feel any different now that you have a certain amount of celebrity? Well, we're not very famous in our in Wayne, Wisconsin. Do you want to be famous in Wayne, Wisconsin? No. <laughs> our neighbors are like, please paint the house and stop farting around at the iPod show. You know. Like. <laughs> we did just have like Fox Six News local from Milwaukee that just aired. So now it's gonna. It might. Yeah, I don't know. If people. Well, could you talk about Walmart. like like there was like a soup place I think in Milwaukee that you had? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Soup Brothers. Yeah, they know you. So yeah. you got some. Yeah, there's people that. They, listen. You had to pay for your soup though. I did. <laughs> So it's not like it's really holding yeah. any weight or getting any yeah, free no, cups I think of about soup. it, right. And he wants website work. <laughs> what? <laughs> he wanted me to help him with his website. But do you, do you guys feel like, though, that now that you have more listeners, do, is it harder to be connected with them? I mean, Drew, you've always responded to emails that I've sent you. I assume you guys get fan mail all the time and you get you know audio comments all the time. Do you feel like that now that you have a bigger audience, it's harder to you know be, quote-unquote, intimate with them? It is harder because there's a lot more people, but, you know, we really try. And Drew's really good about returning emails, but, like, he has a backlog of a few thousand now. So we're yeah. always like, please be patient. I read it all, though. Yes, absolutely. And, like, it's cool, like, this this kind of event that we get to actually meet people that we've been talking to or people who actually listen to our show because we're in, like, this vacuum at home when we record in the living room. I have no idea if anything that I'm saying is even funny or... <laughs> It's not. I know. I totally bomb left and right. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys, how do you prepare for the show? Do you come up with stuff to talk about? Is there a list? Is there, does it, fl- is it all ad lib? I mean, what's You know, the- typically I'll jot down a couple of notes and uh, by the time the intro's over, Don will already be on some tangent and uh, it'll stray and I'll have to reel it in. But that's okay. But yeah, I mean, there really is no, no preparation. Mm-hmm. A couple of notes, that's about it. Now you were talking about... Um, I think maybe a dozen or two dozen episodes ago about, you know, around at the time when you left your job about, you know, sort of encouraging people to, if they want a podcast, to just jump right into it and don't worry about, you know, how many people listen or don't worry about if you have a big mic set up or if you know anything about audio. Absolutely. Was that sort of how it happened for you originally? Um, yeah, kind of. Um, a friend of mine, Pete, who does uh, RasterWeb, he kind of turned me on to the whole thing and he was just like, hey man, just try it out. Get some audio out there and just, you know, see what happens. And so we did and... You know, so we were encouraged in that same exact way. And so it's so easy for anybody to do, you know, why not? You know, everybody should have a podcast. And now we've got a page on our website that's like all the shows that we inspired, you know, they get in touch with us and the list just keeps growing and growing. And so many of them are here today. I know, that's so amazing. And that's the best thing to me. The moment Drew explained podcasting to me, I realized like what a, what a cool medium it is just for every person to get their voice out there. And, I mean, we made an investment of $20 microphone, and here we are, superstars. <laughs> <laughs> With your free drink ticket. Right? Yeah, I got a free drink ticket, and that's because I'm somebody, ticket. I'm somewhat special, and they know that. <laughs> that's what your tag should say. John Marie, somewhat, Maselli, somewhat special. Somewhat special. <laughs> yeah. It does say that, see? Oh. They just misspelled it. It says it's in the barcode. Yeah, it says yeah. <laughs> conference. <laughs> You're going to tattoo on my knuckles. Somewhat, Somewhat special. That's too many words, or you're going to have to grow some fingers. You're right. <laughs> on my toes. You're going to have to shave them. <laughs> so I know, all, particularly in some of the early episodes, you would always complain about GarageBand crashing on you guys. Yeah. You're recording. What kind of Mac are you guys using? I've got a, a 12-inch PowerBook that I bought uh, three years ago. 
but in a very short while, we are going to transition into a new uh, G5 iMac. Wow. But we will still use GarageBand, I think. Even though it crashes on you? Well, it only crashes um, on occasion. It started crashing the other day because I was trying to record us in stereo, but for some reason, oh. it was crashing. I don't understand how people can write music and do it because I hear clicks and stuff in it. For our show, it's fine, but I don't think I would want to write a whole song using it because it, you get little weird little digital glitches in it. So it needs some work. So do you, you, Don? You've always said on the on the podcast that you never actually listen to the show. Is that really true? I usually don't. You usually don't. Yeah, every once in a while, like I'll be, I'll say like, let me listen to something, and it'll come up on the shuffling of iTunes or something, and and I. I laugh at all the same things. So, like, it's so, I'm like, I think everything's as funny as the second time, you know? <laughs> and a couple times I'll say something and I'll, I'll be like, I'm so funny. You know? <laughs> so I do amuse myself. But I don't listen to it a lot because I think if I listen to it too much, I might start getting, an- like, too analytical and be like, maybe I shouldn't talk about my diarrhea because that maybe should be something I should keep in. She'll want me to edit it out if she hears it. Yeah, if I if I listen too much, I think I would want to be editing. It's better for me just to pretend it was just Drew and I talking. Does the sound of your own voice bother you? No, I think I've been in love with it since I was a baby. My mom was like, please <laughs> shut up, baby Dawn. Baby Dawn, shut up. <laughs> she says I was born talking. <laughs> cool. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us. I really appreciate oh, it. Oh, thank you. Yeah, thank you. I love your show. I love your show. I've listened to it since the beginning, and I'll continue to listen for as long as you guys keep doing them. So, keep up the good work. Thank you. Well, thank you very much. Well, that wraps up show number fourteen. I had a great time down in the podcasting expo, and I learned a lot about podcasting. Got to meet a lot of the podcasts that I listen to and and some new ones as well that I'll check out. I also wanted to read from our mailbag uh, from a gentleman named Matthew Krog, who writes to us from Mauritius, which is a tiny island nation off the coast of Madagascar in the Indian Ocean. Hey, Sarus, I live in Mauritius, and I think the Mad Macworld podcast is great. It's my favorite podcast series. A question a lot of people ask me is what AppleScript does and how it works. I looked it up, but I, like many others, don't really understand how it works. Maybe you'll be able to do a podcast on AppleScript, similar to your Bluetooth one. If not, could you please send me an email explaining it? Can it be used to program on the web? Thanks, Matt. Well, Matt, you're in luck. We're going to be doing our next podcast, podcast number 15, which will be out in two days' time, about Automator. And Automator is a really simplified version of AppleScript, and in some ways it has a lot more power. And we're going to be talking with Sal Segoyan uh, from Apple Computer. He's the Automator guru, really. He knows everything there is to know about Automator, and so we hope you'll catch that podcast and let us know if that helps you out. That Feel free to email me, as always, cfaravar at macworld.com, and please do send us comments, as I mentioned before. Signing off from San Francisco, this is Sarus Faravar with the Macworld Podcast. <laughs>